Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. We have to recognize that we all have a natural human response. And sometimes that's anger. Sometimes that's uh, frustration. Sometimes it's things that... Uh, don't come from God. They come from our broken and sinful nature. And as we are in this series, we're looking, one of our key, our key verse in this series is Galatians 5.22. And this is what it says, uh, 22 to 25 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have, have uh, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So there it is. It's laid out for us that we have this sinful, broken nature about us, that it needs to be crucified with Christ, that we have to let it go, and that when we follow Jesus, then we can step into a new way of living. Our minds are renewed. His spirit dwells within us, and Galatians is talking about that. So since then, now we're going to not lean into our natural, our human response. We're going to lean into our spirit response, God's spirit within us, and we're going to live that out. And, uh, and the good news is that he is with us in that journey, that it's not, uh, we have access to the, the spirit of God to guide us in everyday life. So when we have the moments, and we're, all gonna, we're not perfect, so we're always going always gonna to have them. When we have the moments when our flesh is still there, it's still evident, we have the wrong response, thank God that we have his spirit to fall back on. And we can live in step with his Holy Spirit each and every day in our life. And that's what I want to just, as we're going through this series, real, uh, help us all understand that our goal is just to do our best to live in step each and every day, our every day with his spirit. Not just our own thoughts and plans and our own reactions, but God's thoughts, plans, and reactions for us. And that's the best way that we can live. And, and a lot of times... Uh, when we're talking about the, uh, the filling of God's Holy Spirit, we might, we might think of like, well, how do I get, we might focus on the wrong things. Here's what I mean by this. I brought one of our sweet Highmark cups up here, and it's empty right now. It's, it's empty, no coffee in it. See, there you go. But if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to uh, replace the air, let's say the air in this cup is bad. If I wanted to get the air out of here, I would have only a few options. One of the options would be to create a vacuum seal on the top of this and suck all of the air out. But as you could probably guess, what was going to happen to this paper cup is if I created a vacuum seal on this, that it would not be able to withstand the pressure. It's not capable of withstanding the pressure and pulling out all of the air. The cup would just crumble. It would, it would just be uh, just crumbled into the tightest ball if I create. It would implode. Um, but the easier way would then to be take water or liquid or coffee, God's, God's blessed drink, right, and, and uh, fill it to overflowing, and then that will naturally push the air out. And I see a lot of times when we think about living closer to God and we think about living in his spirit and we think about 
uh, living with God's Holy Spirit in us, we're focused a lot of times on what we need to take out and what we need to remove. And we're focused on, on this needs to get pulled out and this gets needs to pull out. And you know, let me just say, that is not where God wants us to live. That is, that is dependent on us. And I think that when we're living by the Spirit, it's not about us working harder to remove certain behaviors in our life. It's about letting God's spirit fill us up each and every day. It's allowed allow our cup to be filled to the top and overflowing to get out that air and, and let us focus in on what God can do in our life. And I think the tragedy, I think the difficult part about, uh, about this and about our lives is that we, I'm afraid we've taken all the power away of God in our lives by simply trying to do it all on our own. We try to do it all on our own. We're, not de we're depending on ourselves and we're not depending on God and that's not what he wants. So today we're going to focus as we're talking about Galatians 5, we see the list of the fruit of the Spirit, it's called. There's, there's going to be evidence, and today uh, we're going to look at what it means to live with peace, and we're going to focus on carrying peace in every part of our life. And we need to, when we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, we should have love. We talked about that last week, but we should also carry a measure of peace in our life. But I'm afraid that peace is being squeezed out of our life. I know that I feel a lot of times that Peace is hard to come by in my everyday life. It's, I feel like it's always being squeezed out. Maybe I've, I'm guessing I'm not the only one that feels this way. You see, our lives are filled with uh, tons of noise. I think there's entertainment and social media that overloads us at times. I think uh, our lives are filled with uh, a lack of margin. Maybe we just don't have enough time. We set, haven't set us aside enough time, uh, our schedules are overloaded, our uh, finances are too thin, we don't have the margin, so then we, we end up being stressed about that. Uh, maybe peace escapes us or is being squeezed out of our life simply by comparison. We're looking at other people, and we, again, we can look on social media and see everyone's highlight reel, and look what they did, and look where they went, and man, they're able to take those vacations, and they're able to go there, and we can get jealous, and we can be discontent about that, and that can steal away peace in our life. And, uh, and then we could just maybe sometimes be hurt by someone. There could be something we're going through, and we're, we're harboring unforgiveness and bitterness towards someone. And that can steal away just this peace in our life because we're focused, and we just get this angst in us, and, and uh, we're, we're upset with them. And, and again, we're not carrying a measure of peace. But beyond the everyday, too, there's things that happen. I think there's moments and tragic situations in life that come, come along and they devastate us. And it could have been a loss of a job or an illness or uh, a death in the family. But it's a situation that where peace just feels like it is fleeting. It is gone. And the, the reality, though, is that when we lean into God's Holy Spirit, we can restore peace in our life. And so when we're talking about this series, I'm not talking about, hey, let's try to have a natural response to peace. Let's try to... us accomplish it. Let me try to make it happen. Let me do all the work that I can to try to be peaceful. Let me find the place in my house or the setting outside in nature that I can just kind of be in this 
kumbaya peaceful moment, but instead I'm talking about us living our lives where we're leaning into the presence of God so we identify moments where peace is fleeting and where it's being stolen and squeezed out of our life, and we lean into the presence of God in those moments, and we say, God, fill me up with your spirit. In this moment, I need a supernatural peace. I need peace that can overcome my flesh, and we made this declaration this week, and I think I'm going to carry it, or last week, I'm sorry, and I think I'm going to carry it through this whole series because because that verse in Galatians 5.22 reminds us that our flesh is overcome by the Spirit of God. Jesus paid the price so that we could have life and life more abundantly. So our spirit is overcome, or our flesh is overcome by his spirit. And I want to just make that declaration today. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And I just I think there's power in saying something out loud. I think there's a power of declaring it. And so together, I just want to declare it together that my flesh is overcome by his spirit. Will you just join me right now? And let's just say it. Listen, one, two, three. My flesh is overcome by his spirit. Man, what a great reminder. It's the work of God in us. He's overcome. He, he paid the price through Jesus so that we could have life and life more abundantly. So peace isn't a small part of the Bible. It's not a small part of God's plan. We need to look at how we live in peace, though. We need to look at how we are going to uh, live that out in our life because it's not a, a small theme in the Bible. It's not just a, something God mentions or wants us to have. Actually, from beginning to end in Scripture, we see that God desires for us to have peace. He desires for us to live in peace. First, it's peace with him that we all have... Uh, we want to, I know there's a saying out there, make peace with God, that we want to have our peace with God so that we need to be in a right relationship with him. God desires that. That's why he sent Jesus. And that we would also have peace with one another, that we would have a unity. But the source of true peace in our life doesn't come from our our surroundings. It doesn't come from our own efforts. It doesn't come from us doing good or, or finding the place. And you might have a place. I, I threw this out on social media this week. Hey, where is the place or the moment in your day where you find the most peace? And you might have those moments or those places in your house or your yard or in the car and the way to work that you throw on some music and, and you take time to pray and you can find moments of peace in your life. But what I'm talking about is deeper. I'm not talking about a peace that we create outwardly. I'm talking about a peace that comes from the inward. Uh, and so the true source of that is Jesus. It's true source of that. And look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. It says this, And through him, God, it's talking about Jesus, reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth uh, by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So right there, peace is given to us. It's made available through the sacrifice of Jesus. And I Man, if you read and you, you read uh, all about Jesus' life, he's actually in Scripture referred to as the Prince of Peace, meaning he is bringing peace. He is, he is, uh, that is, he's carrying that to us. And so it's in Jesus that we find that, and that's where we find that inner peace. It's deeper. And so uh, I want to give you just a couple reminders today about peace and, and, and where we find that inner peace through, through Jesus. You see, Jesus is, uh, is our peace in every day. 
He's our everyday peace. You see, he brings peace to the moments that sometimes we just neglect. He brings moments, uh, peace to the moments that sometimes are just part of the routine uh, schedule and part of our everyday. But Jesus uh, knows where you're at. He knows what's going on at work. He knows what's going on in your marriage, in your family. And Jesus can bring peace to every situation and every moment. He brings peace to our everyday. He brings peace uh, with God first. We get, we get a, a salvation moment where we can accept Jesus Christ into our heart and we can be at peace with God, but he brings peace uh, for us within and we go through a process of just being made right and, and God transforming our heart and our thinking and, and we're on a journey, but he also brings peace to us as we relate to one another and our connections to one another, he brings a unity and a spirit of love and, and peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. So that's what he brings. It's a lasting peace woven throughout our life. And from uh, big things to small things, we need his peace. He's our everyday peace. I love what Philippians 4 says because it's a reminder that we don't need to carry it all. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which, which exceeds anything we can understand. That's the key phrase right there. Anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, his peace surpasses all understanding. It comes and we, don't, we can't figure it out. We don't understand it. And Philippians right here is reminding us, this, in chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is reminding us, listen, cast it over, give it over to him. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray about it. Bring it to God. Lay it at his feet. And that is the place where we can find God's peace. That's the place where we can live in this inner peace. We can find uh, uh, really a peace that is going to surpass understanding. It'll be a peace that people don't recognize. It'll be a peace that coworkers or neighbors or friends that you talk to and they know what you're going through. They're not going to understand it. That's what Philippians is talking about here because it's a peace that is, comes from God's spirit. It doesn't come from everything good happening in your life. It, it's a peace that comes from within through his spirit. And despite things that go bad and despite things that are challenging, it's a peace that will surpass even all understanding and it'll guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that. Peace guards our minds. It guards our hearts. It protects us and keeps us focused on the journey and where God is taking us. I had a friend a few years ago diagnosed with cancer and it was miraculous just to watch her peace in the midst of that. She uh, was uh, serious had a, a serious diagnosis. She had to undergo aggressive treatment. And throughout the whole thing, she carried a supernatural peace. And I'm sure there was a lot of people that she interacted with and connected with and people in her family even, I know, that they saw her peace as she faced such a tragic illness. And she had a trust and a peace about that God was in control that I know that there was a lot of people that looked at her life and looked at her response and looked at where she was at, saw the challenge that she had in facing chemo and the treatment, but knew, and they couldn't quite figure out where the peace, and the peace just didn't make sense to them because it came from within. It came from God's spirit inside of her. 
to thank God that she was healed and restored, went into remission. But that's the type of peace that I'm talking about, a peace that makes people go, man, there's just something different about them. The countenance and how are they facing a challenge? How are they facing every day with such peace in their life? And that's how we uh, should live in step with God's Holy Spirit. And that's the, naturally, she, she, uh, our friend couldn't have uh, peace in that situation, but God brought her into that peace. And he can bring you into that type of peace as well. He can take you right there. You know why? Because Jesus is our peace in every storm. He's our peace in our every day, and he's a peace in our every storm. He is there with us. I love what Mark, uh, Mark chapter 4 uh, talks about a story about Jesus and the disciples. And they're out on the water in the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, uh, if you've never been to Israel, uh, it's actually a really, 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 really big lake. But the reason that it's called the Sea of Galilee is because there isn't a word for lake in the original language So it's uh, of the Bible. And so it's actually just called uh, the Sea of Galilee because of, of language difference. But it's a big lake. It's not technically an ocean or a sea. Uh, but the disciples are out there, and it's big, and a storm comes, and the story goes in Mark chapter 4 that as the storm, storm comes along, that the disciples are stressed out, that they're worried, that the storm, the waves start crashing over the sides of the boat. So it's a significant storm. And Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. He is sleeping and laying down uh, during this storm. And I could imagine in a, in a couple moments that the disciples are, are stressed out, they're worried, and they look back and Jesus is just asleep. Now, uh, isn't that the, the picture of peace right there? And that's the peace that he brings to our life. But they finally wake Jesus up and they're shouting at him and saying, how are you sleeping in this storm? Don't you see what we're going through? Don't you see what we're facing? And Jesus' response then right here is he just, he doesn't really speak to them. He speaks to the sea and he says, silence and be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and the waves stopped and it says there was a great calm. Think about that. Jesus spoke in that moment. I think a lot of times we can live like the disciples. And you guys know that sometimes I like to kind of think about what that scenario was like. I picture in uh, in this part of, uh, in this story, in this account of the disciples, I picture that uh, it was probably a pretty funny moment because you got to understand a lot of the disciples were fishermen. So being on a boat wasn't like a new thing to them. Being on a boat and maybe probably even being in a storm, they were experienced. Uh, they had gone through, they'd been out on a boat, but I think if there were probably some funny moments. The storm's building, uh, their fears starting to rising, and this is a legit storm, they had, they, so they're fearful. But man, I bet they're suddenly yelling at each other. I could see Peter uh, just being like, hey, come on, John, like you're not doing your part. Like they're trying to bail water out of the boat, and I could see him bickering back and forth and, and you know, uh, just scurrying all around trying to keep the, the boat afloat, and there's probably some funny moments like that. Uh, where the disciples just, when they were just stressed out. And I bet there would have been moments where they're just like, if you don't bail harder, help me, Lord. You know, like they're just calling on, they're, they're yelling at each other and they're mad at each other. And they're just, you know, going to say, come on, you know, I'm, I'll get with it, work harder. And I think a lot of times 
We feel like when it comes to peace and when it comes to the spirit of God that we just need to work harder, that we can be the ones to bail the boat, that when we face the storm that we're the ones that can scoop out the water and, and uh, keep everything afloat. But I'll tell you that you might be able to keep up or might be able to do a little bit of that. But in the biggest storms, we need the peace that comes from Jesus. In the everyday, we need the peace that comes from Jesus. We can't just work harder to find the solution. we got to lean into his spirit and the peace that he brings uh, into our life. And if we have Jesus, when life feels like it's out of control, then we end up uh, and we're at the end of any peace that we have in our life. And we're out, we feel like things are out of control. We can lean into the supernatural peace that Jesus brings and we can depend on him. Jesus brings that peace in the midst of the storm. So you might be going through a storm today. You might be facing some challenges in your life. You might be saying, man, there's some relational things happening in my family. There's some things happening in my job. Uh, there's some things in my marriage. There's some things that uh, are in my past that are still just rocking my boat today. Uh, let me tell you, lean into what God's spirit can do to bring healing and peace in your life. You see, we need more of God's spirit in us. We need the peace that he brings to us. And you have to decide who is going to control your life. Is it going to be you or is it going to be God? Is it going to be his spirit in you or is it just going to be your own flesh and your own response? Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 6 says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads uh, uh, leads to life and peace. So there we go. We get it right there that it's, it's when we let the Spirit in, uh, control us and we are lean into His Spirit that we can have a peace in our hearts and our life. I love the, that scripture because it's just a simple reminder of, listen, we have a choice to make. Where are we leaning? Where are we putting our attention? Where are we putting our time? Where are we putting our control uh, in our life. And our job is just to stay in step with the God's Holy Spirit along the way, that we just need to lay things down. And uh, we often let other things control our life, but we have to let God control our life. And let me just talk about that real quick, because there's some enemies of peace in our life. There's enemies that we're facing in our everyday life to peace. And it's our job to identify the enemies of peace so that we can know the moments where we need to lean not into our own response, but we need, into, we need to lead into uh, God's spirit and God's Holy Spirit in our life. So the best thing that we can do is identify the things that are stealing away and that they're enemies of peace in our life. And the first is this, materialism is an enemy to peace in our life. It's easy to get caught up in all the things that we have all the things that we want to hold on to, the things that we want to build our life in, uh, in, in see our friends have and our neighbors have, and we can get caught in this materialistic and we're just striving to have more stuff in our life. And I wish I had that car, or I wish I had that house, or I if I could just have a little, and we can be so caught up in the materialistic things of this world that simply our attention just becomes so focused on that and it builds up this anxiety and this pursuit of all the wrong things. Uh, and instead, we can just say when those moments come where we feel that materialistic outlook and we're looking for, hey, what? wish I just had that, we can say, God, 
And we can take that moment and lean into his peace and say, God, I, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm content with where I'm at. I don't need to be focused on having the latest this or the latest that or the best this or the best that. And, uh, and I want to be focused more on your peace. The second is this, is ambition. Now, I, I say this, but I say it with a grain of salt because I do think ambition has a place in our life. So not all ambition is bad. It's good to want to go somewhere. It's good to have a vision for your life. It's good to pursue the good things that God puts in front of you. But I think sometimes ambition can go too far to where it crowds out other things in our life. It crowds out the peace that we can have. We want to get ahead. We want to get to the point where uh, our, in, 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 where we're the best or, or we get the job uh, over all of the other people in our office. Uh, and our sole focus just becomes on that. Our stress gets bound up in that. And that's another moment that we have to identify that there's an enemy of peace in our life. And we have to take that moment and say, God, I need your spirit to realign my, my outlook here realign my heart and what I'm really striving for in life and the other thing I would say an enemy of peace is envy we look at our neighbor we look at our friend and see what they have or uh, how their life is and that can again build this uh, discontent in our heart and we have moments of envy that steal our peace that we're just envying like well look at the job that they have or look at this and and uh, again I said at the beginning it's like we can look at the highlight reel of social media and we see moments where uh, again we can be envious of other people's life we don't see the things that aren't on social media we don't see the things that are behind the scene but there's true peace when we push that aside and say, God, I'm happy. I'm not discontent, but I'm content with where you have me and what you're doing in, our, in my life. And the other thing I'll give you today is pride. Pride is a, a sign and an enemy of peace. That we can be prideful, that we can't humble ourselves. We don't think we need God, but we try to just do it on our own. We're focused on that. And the reality is that we need him. And last one is one that creeps up sometimes is anger. It's an emotion that pops up and we let anger override a situation. We let it override uh, a, a relationship. We let it override our work relationship with our boss. And we get angry about something or we get angry about a situation or we can look at what's going on. Maybe it's not, not even anger at someone, but it's just about something that's happened. And we can let angry situations just build up in our life. And you know what? Those are the moments that steal away our peace. And it's our job to identify those times and those moments and say, God, I need to lean into your Holy Spirit. I need not my fleshly response. I need not my, my natural response, but I need a response that shows that I am walking in step with your Holy Spirit. That's what God calls each and every one of us to. A number of years ago, I was in Turkey uh, the country, not the Thanksgiving. And I was in Turkey and I was uh, visiting and uh, there with a friend that's a, a missionary there. And uh, that's a primarily Muslim country. And I remember just hearing of his story about living in that country and he can't really uh, make it known what he's there to do. So he, he works a job and does other things. And uh, I was able to travel to northern Turkey with him and kind of an area right off the Black Sea, and it, it's a place he calls the Zero Zone. It's a place he calls the Zero Zone because there's no known Christians or churches 
in that area. There's no one that even knows the name or proclaims the name of Jesus in that area. And he, his focus solely was on bringing Jesus to the cities and towns in this whole area. And I remember as we traveled with him, one of the things that we did is we went to tea houses because tea is very popular in Turkey and they grow it on the hillsides. And uh, there are chai houses or tea houses that you just go in and sit down and have conversations and meet people and talk with your friends. And, uh, and so we would just travel around to these tea houses and we'd simply just uh, start conversations with people. And I remember the first time we went into a tea house, a chai house, he, my friend looked at me and he said, hey, listen, we're looking for men of peace. We're looking for men of peace. And I just said, okay, I got it, you know, and I just figured, okay, we're looking for this peaceful, you know, countenance. We're looking for this. And, and he's like, no, you don't understand. He goes, there's a hostility. You're going to probably start conversations with people and you're going to quickly be able to identify that there's something not right inside. You got to use the discernment. You got to look at, at, let God kind of open your eyes. And we're looking for men of peace. And he talked about how uh, we're, we, he, we need to identify men of peace. And then those were the people that we could talk with about Jesus and conversations that as we could get to know them, that we could bring up Jesus and we could test what their response was. And we could talk about how much God loves them and see just what they would say. Uh, but because it was important to identify the men of peace in order not to just face the hostility and, and the people that uh, really that were going to uh, be against him in that moment. And he wanted to find the people where he knew that God was already working in their hearts. He had, uh, there was a seed and something that God uh, would create just an opening through his Holy Spirit that he could share the good news of Jesus. And I remember kind of coming out of those and we had a lot of great conversations and talked with people, able to share Jesus with people. And I remember coming out of that, that experience and thinking, man, what is it like to just go around and identify people that are people of peace. Like that is not a marker in America that we're walking around looking for. That's not something that we're just identifying people by. But I, you know what? I think when we are living our life in step with God's Holy Spirit, that should be a marker of all of our lives. That we should be living in step with the Spirit and that people can see that we are men and women of peace that God is doing something in us and through us. And that's the plan, the part of the plan that he has for us so that your coworkers and your friends and your neighbors, they say, man, so-and-so, they're different. There's something, look at what they're going through and look at the challenge they have. Or like, man, they got passed over for that promotion, but look at how they handled it. They're just at peace in their life. You know what? People will see that peace on you and they'll want to, know why you're so peaceful. They'll want to know where that comes from. You know why? Because they're trying to fill their life with all the other things that are going to bring peace, and they can't find it because the peace and the greatest peace and that inner peace only comes from God through Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.